are going to start, as I said, we're going to start on something new here. We're going to start looking at the armor of God for a bit of, just going to look really at a, at a bit of a foundation this evening with it and, um, and, and look at why we need the armor of God. I want to look at this evening and just, just show that we do have an enemy, okay? As believers, we have an enemy. Really, really our enemies is, you know, you have the devil, you have the flesh, and you have the world. That is our enemies. That's what we deal with as believers. And um, I'm going to look at one of those enemies this evening as we look at the, at the armor of God here. But let me just look at Ephesians chapter 6 for a moment. I'll just read out this portion of scripture. Now we're all I'm sure familiar with. But Ephesians 6 verse 10 it says. Finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Amen. And put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Okay. So when it's talking about the wiles of the devil, it's talking about his schemes, you know, his strategies, all of those kind of things. But if you don't have the armor of God on, you can't stand against him. And so it's important for us to have the armor of God. So if you're going to stand against the wiles of the devil, you have to have the armor of God on. Amen. So it's, it says there again, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. Not just letting us know that we do have an enemy. He's a spiritual enemy, but he does have influence through people. And he does come against us and accuse us and all of those kind of things. And so if you, you have to have the armor of God on if you're going to deal with this character. Because we all um, deal with what he he brings. Every single one of us deal with what he brings. And so um, we may not always deal with him directly, but we deal with his kingdom. But we don't have to be afraid because we're in a greater kingdom. Amen. We're in the kingdom of God. You're not in the kingdom of darkness. When you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, you're in the kingdom of God. We're on the side that wins. Amen. And so we don't have to ever live in fear, but you have to understand your enemy because he's real. And I tell you, if you don't understand um, his tactics, he's well experienced. He's, he's not stupid, okay? He's, he's smart. He's wise. But it's a perverted wisdom. It's a perverted knowledge that he has. He has not got a knowledge that will benefit you. He has a knowledge um, and understanding that he, he can come against people. And he's destroying many people's lives. And he has many Christians in bondage as well. Um, saved, going to heaven, but in bondage in this life. And we want to be living the free life that Jesus came to give us. So the armor of God, it goes on to say, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And it says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And then it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications um, for the saints. Amen. So I'm not going to get into the parts of it this evening. What I want to look at this evening, really I'm going to look at the devil for a while this evening, because you have to know your enemy. It's not that we go studying him and it's not that we exalt him. But the Bible says that we need to understand who he is. 
And the Bible says that we need to understand him so that he doesn't get an advantage in our life. We need to understand what he does, his tactics and all of those kind of things. Um, but we need, to, we need to, to know who he is, but we also need to know who we are in Christ. So sometimes people just focus on the devil and, you know, demons and all of those kind of things. And they, they become fearful. And Christians end up being fearful. Do you know what's a Christian? We're not meant to live in fear. We live by faith. Amen. Amen. We're above only. Amen. You know, we're seated at the right hand of the Father, spiritually speaking, in Christ Jesus. That's why it says here, it says, finally, my brethren. Because you need to know what he said before that. Because in, in chapter 1, we know that we're seated in heavenly places. Well, it lets us know that we need a revelation of what happened in Jesus, how that affects our lives. That Jesus is um, far above, but we're his body. So principalities and powers, they're far beneath our feet. Amen. And then whenever we get saved, you see in chapter 2 that we're saved by grace. But then it lets us know that we're raised up and seated together with him in heavenly places. What position is that? It's far above principalities, powers, might and dominion and every name that is named. So yes, there is a devil and he is real. And you know what? The greatest trick he has ever pulled is to convince people that he doesn't exist. But he is very real. Um, but you know what? We know who he is. We're aware of who he is. But we also need to be aware of where we are seated. We're far above. Amen. And we need to know who Christ is in us because we are to rule and reign in life. Uh, but if we don't understand the armor of God, the devil will beat your brains out. And he is a master at it. Because he, not alone does he have wisdom. God gave him wisdom initially. But that wisdom became perverted. Amen. So he has that wisdom, but also he has been studying man for a long time. He understands man's weaknesses. He understands how to trip people up. So it's important for us to keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen. And another thing is we're not fighting the devil. The devil's already defeated. We enforce the victory that Jesus already won. Amen. We're not fighting, you know, going out like a psycho warriors trying to get a victory. No, you have to start from the position of victory. Before you ever, you know, stand, having done all the stand, stand, you need to first of all be seated. Amen. In chapter 2, you need to see yourself seated. You need to take your position in the fact that Jesus is far above principalities, powers, and might and dominion. That is your starting place, that you are far above. Amen. So that then you're not afraid of the devil. So, uh, you know, what, uh, you know uh, uh, and even, um, you know, when he brings those attacks, all them things, so that you don't fall apart. No, that's whenever you exercise your authority. That's when you take the authority and you, you take the position that God has given you. See, you stand against the attacks because you know that you're seated in heavenly places positionally. It's all about your position. You know your position, so then you can resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen? Now... Let me just look at a couple of things with the devil this evening. You know, just, just understand who we are dealing with. Amen. Um, and I'm not going to really go into depth in any of this this evening. I believe the word will paint the picture off of itself this evening. I just want to try and use a good few scriptures this evening. And just hit a good overall um, understanding of this character. In Ezekiel 28... And verse 11, it says, Moreover, the, Lord of the, uh, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, and we know then that it's really what it's talking about here is Satan, okay? It's talking about the spiritual entity here. 
And it says here, Thus saith the Lord, um, Thou sealest up the sun. Look at this, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. So Satan was full of wisdom, okay? And he is perfect in beauty. Satan is not grotesque. Satan is not, you know, like um, red with a pitchfork and all of those kind of things that you'll see over the next couple of days of Halloween. Kids dressing up in different things like that. No, Satan is a beautiful angel who is full of wisdom. Okay? And it says here in verse 13, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God, and every precious stone was your covering, the sardis, the topaz, and the diamond, and the beryl, and the onyx, and the jasper, and the sapphire, and the emerald, and the uh, uh, carbuncle, and the, um, the gold. The workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes were prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. I mean, Satan is, you see in a, in a moment here, he's a, he's a, he's a bright angel. Okay? And you can see all of these precious stones that were his cover. And I don't know what this angel looks like. But I'm telling you what, he has all of these stones. He has tablets and pipes built into him that were musical instruments. And that's why many people believe that Satan, you know, was a worship leader um, in heaven. He definitely understands music. He understands the power of music. He uses all of those kind of things. But he has all of that built into him. Um, and then in verse um, 14 it says, Thou art the anointed cherub. So he's a very high-ranking angel, if not the highest-ranking angel that was in the kingdom of God before he fell. Okay? It says that covered and, and I have set thee so. Thou was in the holy mountain of God, and I walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. This angel was in the presence, the very presence of God. And then in verse 15 it says, Thou was perfect in thy ways. From the day, look at this, there was a definite time in which it says thou was created. So he, God made a, uh, Satan perfect. Okay, but the thing about it is, God made all beings with a free will. And so even though when he was made, he was made perfect. You see, Satan, see many times people said, you know what, God, uh, God made S Satan, God made the devil. No, God made Lucifer. And Lucifer was his creation. But you know what, then Satan, he fell. And then he became the devil and, you know, um, 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 Satan and all of those different attributes that go along with him. But he was created, the anointed cherub, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. An amazing creature. An absolutely amazing creature. And that's why, you know what, we need to know that we're above him. But we also need to understand that we're not dealing with someone that is stupid. He is an intelligent being, okay? And then it says here in verse 15 again, Thou was perfect in thy way from the day that thou was created. Um, look, look down there in verse um, 17. It says, Thy heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. In other words, he's, he's looking at himself and seeing how awesome he is. And instead of reflecting all of the praise back to God, he starts thinking, I'm something. That's really a trap. And many times that's what happens in people's lives. When God even, you know, blesses them, God promotes them, God gives them increase, they start thinking it's the work of my hands and all of those kind of things instead of always reflect glory back to God. Give Him the praise for everything good in our lives. Give Him the praise. Amen. Where would we be without Jesus? And that was his problem. Then it says, thou hast corrupted. See, it says, it says, 
You corrupted your, your wisdom that God, you corrupted the very thing that God gave you, is what it's saying here. God didn't make the devil. God created Lucifer, a perfect angel, who was an awesome being, a bright being. But he then started to become prideful. His heart got lifted up, and he thought then that he was, was something in and of himself. Um, and it says, um, Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom. That means it was perverted, twisted. In other words, like Satan became an evil genius. That's what it was. He became an evil genius. He's given wisdom. He's created with all of this, these wonderful abilities, but he's taken all of that and it became perverted whenever he started to focus in on himself. Let me tell you, as you look onto Jesus, it keeps balance in your life. When you look at yourself, it gets twisted. You start taking the praise, the credit, the glory. You start thinking it's you. And even the very gifts that God gives us, we can then use them for our own glory and not for his. So he became twisted and perverted, and he is twisted. And he's, he's, he's totally corrupt and perverted. And there's no redemption for the devil. Jesus didn't die for angels. He died for man. It says, uh, uh, corrupted by, the, uh, by wisdom and by reason of thy brightness. Look at that. Satan is a bright angel. Look, you can see everything that God created had glory to it. Everything. And I'm telling you, angels have glory and there's different levels of glory. And he has created this awesome creature. But because of his pride, his heart being lifted up, what happened was sin originated in Satan. Okay? He, he, he is the starting point of sin. God didn't create sin. God doesn't have sin in him. It came into Lucifer, and then it came into this planet through Adam. So God didn't bring sin into this planet. God created this planet perfect. But Satan, he has iniquity now in him. And then you see in the fall of man that he, he taught man how to bring sin into the planet. And um, in verse um, 18 it says, Thou hast defiled thy sanctuary by the multitude of, look at there, thine iniquities. By the iniquity of thy traffic, therefore will I bring a fire from the midst of thee, and it shall devour thee. Let me say this as well, I'll, I'll maybe hit on it again, but you know what? Hell, God didn't create hell either. He made it, yes, he prepared it. But it, he took it from the inside of Lucifer. And I tell you then, out of that, then hell was created. Okay? So it says, I will bring forth a fire from the midst of thee, and it shall devour thee. And that is where Satan's future, ultimate future will be, is in the lake of fire. That's where he is going. Amen? So you see that he is a highly... Um, are a high creation. He's a, a cherub. And he had access to the presence of God. And all of those kind of things. And he forfeited that. I mean, let me just refer to this. I don't have the scripture up for it. But let me just refer to this as well. You can take note of this in 2 Corinthians 11 verses um, 13 and 14. It lets us know that that's why you know Satan can even have false people. Because Satan can transform himself as an angel of light. So you always see, he, like, he is an amazing being. 
And he has whizzed a lot of people into false religions and different things. Even, we were talking about it on the way up this evening, but the, the greatest um, deception that, that Satan has ever pulled is the, the one closest to the truth. And he knows how to deceive people because he is an angel that is smart. He knows how to twist things. He knows the scripture, but he knows how to twist the scripture. And he has even ministers that do his work. Look, there's pulpits that, that are not anointed of God. There's pulpits that he is using because they don't even preach the gospel. Yeah? Don't preach the gospel. They preach another gospel. And anyway, oh, look over in um, Isaiah 14. Look what it says here. How art thou fallen from heaven, O uh, Lucifer? That's who God made him. God made him Lucifer. Lucifer means the bright one. And so he is bright, okay, because God made, God made his creatures with glory. Okay, like you, you can look, you can see angels when they show up. You can see Jesus in um, Revelations chapter 1. You can see Jesus, that he's bright. I'm telling you, he's bright. Amen. Because he's got glory. Um, and you can see with the angels that they are, they are light beings. Because God made them that way. So it says, O Lucifer, son of the morning... It says, How art thou cast down to the ground which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, this was his problem, I will ascend into the heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. That's the angels. He says, I will sit also in the mount of the congregation, in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and look at this, and I will be like the most high God. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. One of the greatest misconceptions when you talk about the devil is to say that he hates everything about God. No, he doesn't hate everything about God. He hates God, okay? But he loves everything about God because that's what he wants. He wants God's position, okay? He hates God being in that position. He felt like I'm something special that I should be on that throne. I should be above him because I am awesome. He started to think that he was something amazing. Do you know, knowing our God, our God, our God has a humble heart. He has a humble heart. And sometimes people can get so close to God as, as friend. I'm not saying the angels were like that, that they don't exalt God for who he is. He's, God is amazing God. He's almighty God. And sometimes people can lower God in their thinking instead of exalting God high above. I know what happened with Satan, that he started to focus so much on himself that he started to think that I'm something. But he wanted to exalt his throne above God's throne. So, uh, you know, he, he obviously bit by bit started to change. And I got to the point where he thought he really was something. Um, Look, 10 and verse 18, it says, And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. See, his downfall was quick. And it says here, as lightning. Again, that's because he was the bright one. So, I mean, he went down that fast. 
You know, when you see lightning go down, it goes down fast. And God put him down so fast because he became prideful and, and prides, prides a sin. And it was the root cause of Satan's downfall was his own pride. You know what? A humble heart is an amazing thing because it keeps reflecting glory back to God. Every, every time God, everything you get, God will give you praise for that. Every breakthrough, God will thank you for that. Everything, even the small things. You want to keep your heart humble? Praise God in everything. And in the small things in life. Praise God. Just small things. Getting little things in life. So we can see here as well as we, we talked that, that Satan, he is the originator of sin as was said. Okay. And we've seen that hell came from him. Let me just look over in Matthew 25 for a second there. And um, verse 41. It says, Then shall... He say also unto them on his left hand, Depart from me, you accursed. Praise God, we are not on his left hand. We're you, you're on his right hand. Amen. Don't ever think that you'll ever be in that place. You're not a goat, you're a sheep. Amen. When you make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, you are a sheep and his sheep hear his voice. You're not a goat. Never let anybody put you on his left hand. You're on his favored hand. Because you're blessed in Christ Jesus. You are highly favored in Christ Jesus. Amen. So it says here, Then shall he say to them on his left hand, Depart from me. Look at that. You cursed. You're not cursed. You're blessed. Amen. You cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell was never intended for man. Hell was, came from the inside of Satan. And it would devour him. The problem is, is through the fall that man fell. And then he got a new master. You know who you bow your knee to becomes your master. And man came under the headship of Satan. And, and hell's for Satan and his angels. And God has paid the price. Jesus paid the price for everyone. God doesn't want anybody to perish. Not one person does he want to perish. Amen. But the problem is, is there will be people will go to hell because they didn't receive Jesus. But God doesn't want any person to go there. But I'm just showing you, hell is where he's destined for. It came, the fire of, of hell came out of him. And you can see something else here as well. Let me look in Matthew 12 and verse um, 26. You can see as well, and you'll see us if you read. I'm just going to show one example of this. Satan is a person. You know what? Even Satanists today, you know, who practice Satanism, they don't believe, many of them, they don't believe in an actual person. They believe in an evil force. So they, they believe just in, you know, there's an evil force, evil presence, but many of them do not believe in actually a person. But Satan is a person. And he has personal pronouns attached to his name. Just like you have with any person. And um, in, like in Matthew 12 here verse 26 it says. And if Satan cast out Satan. Look at that. He is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? Personal pronouns. So he is an actual person. Okay, so he's not a dark force. And you can see the same thing if you read over in Matthew 4 with the temptations of Jesus. You will see that he is a real, literal person. 
Um, in Genesis 3 and verse 1, you start to see now here his wisdom that has been perverted and how then he operates. And the reason we need to know this is because this is how Satan works. Satan hasn't changed as in his tactics. He's just became a master of, of these things. But Satan is subtle. He uses trickery. He knows how to twist words. He knows how to play mind games. He knows how to put words in people's mouths. And you can see us in Genesis 3. In verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any of the beasts of the field which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Yeah, has the Lord said, You shall not eat of the tree of the garden. And you can see right here, I'm not going to get into all of the details of this, but you can see that he is an intelligent being with amazing communication skills. He knows how to put together wee fancy sayings that sound good. But I'm telling you, the best thing that we can do as believers is to stick with God's word. Amen. You can see even in our generation where people have went, where you call abortion health care. It's so twisted. It's so twisted. You know, love is love. They're twisted words. And Satan is a master of these things. But you can see here that he's subtle. He's perverted. He takes that wisdom that God gave him and he twists. As I said a moment ago, he's like, he's like an evil genius. Like the, the geniuses in like the James Bond films, the evil geniuses, you know. Like Gru, I always say, in Despicable Me films. You know, he's a, he's a genius, but he's an evil genius. Satan is an evil genius. And one of the greatest things that he does is he puts doubt on God's word. He'll talk you out of your healing. He'll talk you out of the promises of God. He'll talk you out of the blessings of God if you let him. He'll say that's passed away. Yet there's no scriptures that say it's passed away. Amen? That's the way he operates. Did God really say that? Leaves you doubting God's word. But I'm telling you, see, see the voice of Jesus? When you hear Jesus speak to you by the Holy Ghost through the word, it'll always bring faith to where you believe the promises of God. To where you're saying amen to the promises of God. So he's cunning, he's crafty, he's deceptive. You can see it in the temptations of Jesus as well. You know, in, in Mark 4... You can see where Jesus, you know, went into the wilderness, was tempted of the devil. You know, many times, you know, people say, why was Jesus tempted of the devil? Why did the Holy Ghost lead him that direction? Well, the Holy Ghost didn't lead him that direction to destroy him. The Holy Ghost led Jesus that direction to put Satan in his box right from word go. Amen? You see, Satan was no match for Jesus. Even though he came with temptations... Jesus was full of the word. Jesus is the word. He's the word manifested in the flesh. The Holy Ghost will never lead you in a direction to destroy you. The Holy Ghost is not the author of destruction. He's not the author of sickness and disease. He's not the author of poverty. He's not the author of fear. He's not the author of depression. He's not the author of any of those things. People many times say, you know what? God give me this to teach me a lesson. No, he did not. So Satan comes, and the Bible called him here the tempter. And it says, and when the tempter came to him, he said, 
If thou be the Son of God, he's doing the same thing he did in the garden, putting if, putting doubt. He wants to put that if. Is that really true? Are you sure that will work? Would God do that for you? Does God love you? It's all lies. It's all lies. If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. And he answered and said, It is written. And we see that is the answer. That's how you deal with the devil. That is that sword of the Spirit. And I'm telling you, Jesus knew how to deal with the devil. Jesus didn't run around in fear of the devil. He wasn't terrified of the devil. Why? Because Jesus didn't say, I wonder am I but the, the beloved son. Jesus knew, I am the beloved son in whom he is well pleased. And you need to know that in Christ Jesus, that you are beloved. That you are highly favored. If you don't know that, the devil will smack you up the side of the head and you'll be left in doubt going, wonder does God even love me? Wonder does God even know my name? You're written on the palms of his hands. He knows you. He knows every hair on your head. Amen. He knows everything about your life. Every detail about your life. But if, if you doubt his love for you, you give a big wide open door to the devil to come in and beat your brains out. But that's why we need the armor of God. Because the armor of God protects us against this character who is deceptive, subtle, has tricks. Why well, he's a million of them up. He's better than Paul Daniels. Okay. <laughs> he has he's a million tricks up his pocket, up his sleeve. Amen. I'm not saying putting Paul Daniels in that bracket. The man's passed away. Um, but I'm just saying, hey, Paul Daniels had a million tricks. But I'm telling you, the devil, I'm telling you, he knows every trick in the book. Okay? Another thing about Satan is Satan has desires. And his greatest desire is to be the master of the universe. But he'll never be. Amen? That position is already filled. And, he, and God will never resign. And Jesus whopped him, okay? But Satan does have desires. Look at Luke 22 and verse 31. It says, And the Lord said, this was to Peter, He said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has, look at this here, desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. Did Peter make it through? Absolutely. Amen. He made it through, and I'm telling you, Peter went on to strengthen, to become such a, a strong leader in the body of Christ. He made it through that temptation. But look at Satan's desire here. Satan desired what? To rip him apart. To destroy him. It's sad whenever people think it's God who does those things to people's lives. It's amazing what people attribute to God. Yeah. And Satan is so deceptive, he's standing in the background. God has nothing but good plans for your life. Amen. He's a good plan for your life. Yeah. Now, here's a couple of things with Satan that really describe him, and that is his names, okay? His names describe him, just like God has a bunch of names. 
Satan has names as well, okay? And say the first one that we looked at over in Isaiah 14, verse 12, it said his name was Lucifer, which is bright one. And so he is known as the bright one. But I'm telling you, Jesus in Revelation 22 and verse 16, Jesus is called the bright morning star. Amen. I'm telling you, Jesus' brightness totally puts him in his spot. I'm telling you, look unto Jesus. He's the one we see. But that is one of the names for Satan. And, and I'm telling you, Satan understands how to make stars out of people. He knows how to cause people to shine even in this world. Yeah. He knows how to have role models for for kids and different things to look up to and to distract them, take them away from the things of God. And I'm telling you, he has stars in this world. And unfortunately, people look to people that have fame and look to people that have, you know, um, tremendous wealth. And praise God, God gives us wealth. Amen. But sometimes people look at the wealth of people like in Hollywood and, you know, in the music industry and all of those kind of things. And even in the mix of that, there's a lot of good people that are there as well in those things that just have a desire to act and have a desire to sing but there's a lot of corruption there as well but Satan knows how to make stars out of people because he knows how to make people shine in this world but I tell you we want to shine for Jesus in this world in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3 it calls Satan just like in the garden it calls him the serpent okay which again has to do with the subtlety that he's crafty, that he's sly, he is trickery, and he deceives. Uh, as it said there, but I fear least by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. Look at that. So your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. No, keep it simple. Simple doesn't mean that it's not, a, it's not you know, amazing. Simple just means keep it pure. Keep it about the Word of God. Don't, don't get away from the Word. We don't need to add to what God says. And look at that there. You can see where Satan goes for. He goes for the mind. That's why it is important. This thing has to be protected. If this isn't protected, let me tell you, Satan has so much um, weapons of trickery in his arsenal that he can deceive even people that are even in this world who are highly educated in different things. You look at some of the atheists in this world who teach evolution at university levels and things like that. They are not stupid as far as, you know, um, their ability to comprehend and things like that. But they're, they've been sold a lie. Satan knows how to, how to trick people. So he's... he's He's seen as a serpent. But praise God, Jesus is seen as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. Jesus is seen as the lamb of God, pure. The only time Jesus was considered as a snake was when he was lifted up on the cross, becoming our curse because he took our place so that we could be blessed, so that we could have salvation. Amen. Revelations 12 and verse 9. Revelations 12 verse 9. You see here that Satan is called, he's called the, that serpent, but he's also called the dragon. It says, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. 
And you can see down in verse 12 that then at this stage, this was in the midway point of the tribulation period. And he goes after the Jewish people at this stage. And it says here, having great wrath. And then it says here that he persecuted the woman, talking about the children of, of Israel here, when you, when you see that, you can see that in chapter 12. But you can see that as a dragon, okay, he has great wrath. And it talks there about him persecuting. So you can see that the, the character, the qualities of this, this being, it, it speaks of his fierceness. Um, a dragon as well, just to, just to say this in scripture as well, a dragon can be talking about a sea serpent. Mm. And you can see this here, you can see, you can see this, like there's several scriptures, but here's one here, I'll put this in. And um, Isaiah um, 27 and verse 1, it says, In that day the Lord with his swords and great and strong sword shall punish Lephathan. It says, the, the, the piercing serpent, even Lephathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon, look at that, that is in the sea. And the Hebrew word there, just, just to throw it out there, for a dragon, it can talk about a land monster or a marine monster. And so, um, but what we're looking at here is, is, is his fierceness. It's his Desire to persecute is desire to destroy. Satan has absolutely no good in him. None. Then you look at the name that we would know him by, the devil. And that's what I talked about, the armor of God. We need to know the wiles of the devil so that he doesn't get an advantage, so that we have the advantage because we have the knowledge of God's word. Okay? The devil means a slander. Or an accuser. And you can see us here in Revelation 12 again. We're talked about the dragon and the serpent being cast out. It says, and he's called the devil. And then in verse 10, it talks about, For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, who accused them before God, what? Night and day. The devil means accuser. And he accuses He'll, he'll remind you of everything you've done wrong. You need to remind him of everything Jesus done for you. Amen. Not that really we talk. I don't get into all of that per se. You know what? Talk to the devil and all of those kind of things. But I'll speak out. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So if, if anything comes against me or, you know, condemnation or guilt or shame or all of those kind of things come against me, I'll start talking about the blood of Jesus. I'll talk out loud. I'll start thanking God for the blood. I'll start saying, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If you don't know who you are in Christ Jesus, the devil will accuse you. And you will live in condemnation even as a Christian. Satan knows how to take out files from way back in your past and keep putting them before you, putting them on your desk. Reminding you of everything that you have done in your life. Reminding you of what you did Today or yesterday. Let me tell you, you need to remind him that the blood has never lost its power. Amen. Amen. You live under a constant cleansing of the blood of Jesus, 1 John tells us. That you are constantly cleansed. You are, when you're a believer, you are forgiven. Amen. You're forgiven. We have eternal redemption. 
The Bible says eternal redemption is the forgive. Redemption is the forgiveness of sins. You have eternal forgiveness of sins because Jesus paid the price for the sin of your life in full. When you receive Jesus, sins are forgiven. You have a new nature. You see, if you don't know that, the devil will accuse you. And the next thing that he's called is Satan. When you put the devil, the accuser, and Satan together, Satan means an adversary. Know what an adversary means? An opponent in law. If you don't know what the word of God says, he will take this word and twist it and beat your brains out with it. If you don't know that Jesus fulfilled the law for you, he'll take you to the law and show you that you're not perfect and beat your brains out. You need to know that you never were perfect, but Jesus lived the perfect life for you and fulfilled every jot and tittle of the law for you so that you could have righteousness apart from the law. That's what Romans says. You aren't righteous because you kept rules. You're righteous because he made you righteous. He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us. That we would be made not by keeping, but because it was given to us as a gift. Righteousness is a gift. If you don't know that, that lawyer, the devil, knows how to take the word of God and twist it, not use it right. That's why you're meant to rightly divide the word of truth. He knows how to wrongly divide the word of truth. He knows how to take it and bring you into bondage with the very thing God gave us to set us free. Just like you take a crooked lawyer, they know how to put things into your mouth, say things to you. You're standing in the dark, innocent, and you start thinking you're guilty because of the questions that are coming at you. And then you see in films, sometimes you'll see uh, or, or some of these series that you, you see with lawyers and court and all of that kind of thing. And a lawyer, their job is, whether they're defending or whatever, you know, um, what they'll do is they, they get in there. They, their job is just to represent their client. They're there to win for their client. Their client could be as guilty as sin. But they will twist everything to do anything to get them off. You know what? Satan is a lawyer who knows how to bring questions. Yeah, if you do not know the word of God, I'm telling you, he will trip you up. And as I believe you won't know where you're coming or going. Because you'll be so condemned. Because he is the accuser. Who's the accuser of who? The brethren. He'll tell you, God wouldn't do that for you. Do you remember what you did? See that thing that happened to you? That's you getting what you deserve now. You need to stand up and say, Jesus got what I deserve. Praise God, I receive grace. Amen. I come to a throne of grace and receive grace to help in a time of need. Amen. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5 verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes around as a roaring land, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. See, if you don't know what the Word of God says, you won't be able to resist him. And he'll come and he'll devour you. Because he is a master at it. He is an opponent at law. He's an adversary, but let me tell you, you have a lawyer as well, and his name is Jesus. And he ever lives to make intercession for you. Amen? Ever lives. That doesn't mean Jesus is praying for you. 
That means that he's, he is there as that eternal mediator, our high priest forever. He is a high priest forever. Amen? He perfectly represents you forever. When the devil accuses you, get your eyes on your high priest. That our high priest took his blood into the Holy of Holies and put his blood on the mercy seat for you. And he ever lives in that position as intercessor for you and for me. Amen. An eternal priest who is a perfect high priest who paid the price for you in full. And he sits there as your representative forever. And I'm telling you, he'll always turn around and say, Innocent, I paid for his price. Mine, I put the blood on the mercy seat. Amen. Amen. The devil comes with accusation, you go, Thank God I have a high priest. Amen. He ever lives to make intercession for me. I don't stand because of how good I am. I stand because there's blood on a mercy seat. Amen. And my high priest who put it there ever lives to make intercession for me and for you. Amen. Satan is called um, Beelzebub. Beelzebub, just, just in, uh, I'll just skip through these here. Beelzebub means, it means Lord of the Flies. Or it means Prince of Demons. And you can see that his, Satan is called Beelzebub, the Prince of Devils. He's called the Chief of Devils. And in Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible says that he is the Prince of the Power of the Earth. Prince is talking about Commander-in-Chief. And in Satan's kingdom, he is the Chief. And he is the Prince of the Power, that's the Demons. Of the earth. Satan is not in hell now. Satan is seeking whom he may devour. Okay? And he is in the atmosphere, like he's in the spiritual arena that is here around us. Now, you, Satan is, is not omnipresent. He can only be in one place at one time, but he has all of his minions doing his work, principalities, powers, ruling the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness. In, in, in heavenly places. He's called Belial, which um, means worthless. And I'm telling you, Satan is worthless, okay? He's worthless, destructive. Um, but I'm telling you, our Jesus, he's not worthless. Our Jesus is priceless. Amen. He is precious. The Bible lets us know that he's precious to us. He's our Prince of Peace. He's our King of Kings. He's our Lord of Lords. Satan is called the Wicked One. And I want you to know that there's no good in him. He is destructive. He's wicked. He's, he destroy people in a heartbeat. You can, we can see the destruction that's went on in this last few weeks with babies being mutilated and all of those kind of things. I'm telling you, Satan is ruthless. Okay? Um, he's called the prince of this world. He's called the god of this world with a small g. He's not the God of the earth. God owns the earth and the cattle on a thousand hills, but Satan is the God of the system. It's like there's a system on that computer, but the computer's separate, but it has an operating system in it, and you can remove it, or you can update it, or you can put a new one on. There's a system in this world, and God is not the system of it. Satan is. And... Um, He's called, just a, I'll just call these out, he's called the enemy. 
He's called the tempter. He's called the thief. Let me tell you, Satan takes, Jesus gives. Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. He's called the father of lies. Okay? And let me just end with this here one this evening. Um, look in John chapter 8 for a second. We'll just end here this evening. Who'd want to follow him? <laughs> when you have Jesus, who's Prince of Peace, Lord of Lords, amen, the victor, the overcomer, praise God, the risen Savior. He's the champion of all. He'll rule and reign when Satan's bound in the, the bottomless pit. And he'll reign forever. And you know what? Do you want to know Satan's future? We talked about it. He's, he's going to be in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. Then he's going to get let out of there for a short time. And God's going to rain down fire on the armies that he gathers at that time. And then the Bible says Satan is going to go to hell forever and forever and forever and forever. And the Bible says that he's going to be cast into hell. Do you know the lake of fire is Gehenna fire? And Gehenna, even in Israel, there was a, it's a, it was a type of it in Israel, was a dump that burnt 24-7 called Gehenna. And Jesus used that as an example of a picture of what Gehenna fire would be. But Gehenna fire, um, eternal fire, is a fire that does not go out, okay? And it's where Satan will go forever. And when it talks about him going to hell forever, it says he's cast. Do you know what you do when you go to a dump? Do you place your rubbish in like, you know, wee nice wee places? Or do you just take it out and you fire it? That's what you do. Let me tell you where Satan's going one day is to the dump. The eternal dump. That never ends where you put the rubbish of this universe. And he's going to be there forever and forever and forever and forever. Amen. But we're going to be with Jesus forever and forever and forever and forever. Amen. Um, here, look what it says here. It says, you are off your father, the devil. Jesus talking to these leaders that basically rejected him. And the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. Because there is what? No truth in him. And when he speaks, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. But Jesus said, because I tell you what? The truth. Look, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Satan is the father of lies. That's why people say the devil told me. Well, whatever he told you is lies. Amen. <laughs> people say the devil told me, the devil told me, the devil told me I'm going to die young. Well, don't listen to him. And believe what God says. With a long life, he'll satisfy you. And show you the power of his salvation. You have a choice. You can believe the lie. Or you can believe the truth. That is our choice. But Satan will bring lies to you. God will bring the truth to you. Amen. And you'll know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Amen. So praise God. That's we need to know him because we do deal with him and that's why we need the armor of God. Amen.